Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is good to be with you another Monday evening, reflecting into this great topic of our call to witness to our faith. And if you have been a faithful listener to this radio program, you know that from one week to the next, I bring in a different guest to look at this call to witness to our faith in its different modes and capacities. And uh, as last week, I had Mary Jean Burchard with me to talk about the call to witness to uh, the Catholic faith and Christian faith within the vocation of motherhood for little ones. This week, I have uh, Roberta Seibert with me from St. John the Baptist Catholic Church to talk with us about what it means to witness to our faith um, as a mother one who is raising teenagers. So, Roberta, it is great to have you with me this evening. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. So, Roberta, next week is going to be the third and last installment of uh, this call to witness to uh, the Catholic faith as a mother to those who have uh, children at an older age. But certainly, I know we have a lot of curious listeners out there as it relates to the how you do it and how really uh, the Church calls us to in many ways, just lay down our life for the sake of our children. With that, Berta, if you want to get us started with maybe some things that God has put on your heart and how he has asked you to, to love your children and things that he has given you and maybe ways in which he has given you to do that. Well, you know, Joe, thoughts coming through my head as you're talking. I think every stage in their development is the most beautiful and probably the most difficult. So if I were to talk to Mary Jean, maybe she would say, oh, my gosh, you know, up all night. Um, they need everything from you at every moment. You know, you don't hardly get a break. And she then, did. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. But I would want to say to that, too, also, is I, I never believed when I was in that time having four kids, six and under, that that was the easiest time of raising kids. I would tell them. You just don't remember how hard it is. Yeah. But now that I have teenagers and I look back, all I have to say is cherish every moment of those little ones. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, and that's part of the way in which we witness to our faith, Berta, because so often we put ourselves first, and in doing so, we do not cherish the time that God is giving us with the little ones mm-hmm. um, that God has given us. So, um, yeah, by being engaged in everything that they're doing, everything that they're doing, what we are doing is witnessing to our faith and ultimately loving them as God wants us to love them. God is interested in the minutia of everything that we do. There isn't anything where God looks down upon us and says, well, that's, that doesn't interest me. <laughs> and I think we should understand that and can understand it as parents, Berta, because there shouldn't be anything that our children do that we look down on and say, well, that doesn't interest us because everything interests us. Right. At least it should. And so 
Yeah, if we are in this mode of being pre-concerned about what we need to do once our kids go to bed or what we need what we need to do right now while our kids are playing outside and in the end what God is asking of us is that we need to give our time to them totally and entirely and yes we need to take care of our souls we need to be praying up to make sure that we have something to give our children um, but we have to find that time to be able to do it when it's not interfering with how God is calling us to love our children. Right, being here right now with them. And right now as teenagers, I think one of the scariest but also most wonderful part is you're off their pedestal now. They, mm-hmm. they see your imperfections. And I see my imperfections in my kids. But it, it has brought us so much closer together, I think, when they know, okay, mom and dad aren't perfect. Uh, they're just like us helps them, I think, see us in a different light, in a more real light, and also seeing how if I didn't have my faith, if I wasn't praying every day, I couldn't be that mom to them mm-hmm. that they need, I think. And, and that helps them to grow in their faith. Yeah, you know, Bert, as you're talking right now, one thing that comes to my mind is how, yeah, we are imperfect, and we need to be able to be who we are to them. And yet there's that fine line of being imperfect, you know, being real to them and at the same time being their parent, of course, in your case, being their mother, still having that authority. I think it's in the uh, honest pursuit of becoming more whole in Christ, the honest pursuit of being, as Matthew Kelly would say, the best version of who Robert is called to be, that they look at and they say, you want to know what? My mom is doing the best she can, and I love her for that. Um, it, it's, it's in the integrity of saying, I'm better than my worst, and I know I can strive to be a better person. It's when, Berta, that um, in that honesty, we don't pursue being the best version of who God is calling us to be, that I think it begins to impact negatively our kids. So we have this vocation as parents and as you were talking about your motherhood, to uh, realize that our first vocation is to be a daughter in Christ for all mothers. That before we are mothers, we are first daughters in Christ. I know maybe for some of our listeners out there, Berta, that might be hard to hear. Well, what do you mean there's a greater vocation than being a mother? We cannot give what we do not have. Uh, And I know, Berta, you've got a passage there that I think would be very important for our listeners to hear. Yeah, Joe, in today's reading, as a matter of fact, it's so perfect, at least for this mother, for Matthew today. And one of just the line out of it that stood out was, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And I think that's a big challenge, especially for mothers, because our kids are everything to us. Mm -hmm. They're our life. But I couldn't be the mom I am if I didn't have a relationship with God. And he helps me every day to be the best mom I can be that day anyway. (laughs) That's right. Amen. Yeah, and I think as you use the word challenge, it would be important to really hone in on what that word means. You know, challenge, provocatio, to call forth, to call out. Um, That's really what it's about. God gives us challenges that call us out and at the same time call us forth to be the best 
uh, mother, yes, that God is calling you to be, but also, first and foremost, daughter. You know, we can never forget uh, the two great commandments and how God sets them up, right? Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Then love your neighbor as yourself. You know, the Ten Commandments, what does he tell us? You know, the first three commandments are about loving God first, and then the subsequent seven are about what loving your neighbor looks like in light of loving God first. The Beatitudes, it's the same. The essence of it is, Berta, if we can grab hold of this truth that we are in God so that we might be better for other. We have a new identity in God so that our goals and how we are called to parent, and of course, in your case, mother, might be better understood. Uh, We understand the gift for the task. We seek to know him, to make him known. If we invert this in any way, shape, or form, we get it wrong. And that's the challenge that Christ puts before us in today's gospel. Um, If you went to Mass today, you're like, wow, that's today's gospel. Yeah. And so certainly it's very timely for us to reflect upon uh, this truth that, you know, being on radio now for a a number of years, Berta, I get a lot of questions. That one scripture verse, and really the, the whole series of verses, is probably a top five question. What does Jesus mean? What is he saying? Is he suggesting on any level that I should love someone else more than my kids? Exactly. That's exactly what he's saying. God. So it's God first and everyone else second. And certainly, certainly sacramentally, um, as, as a wife and mother, there's priority in that. But as you put it well, if you don't have Christ's birth, then, then we don't have anything. And it is to also say, of course, Berta, that when we love our children out from a personal relationship with God, we are loving God, right? You know, Thomas Aquinas once said that uh, our love for others and our good acts are uh, simply God crowning his own gifts. And so he is at his best crowning his own gifts when we love others, especially those who he puts before us, and do so in such a way that it is a reflection of our own love for God. And because of that, he helps me to see their uniqueness and to love that uniqueness, because sometimes it's not very easy if you're trying to do it on your own Mm. to love that uniqueness in your kids. But because of that, you know, he helps me to see how he loves them. Mm. Um, which is more perfect than than my love for them. And the big challenge now as teenagers is to help them make our faith their own. And I can see it in two of our kids. They're they're definitely making their faith their own. And the, the other two are getting there, a little more difficult. One's still a little younger. But I tell you what, God has blessed us with some very amazing kids. And there's that call to be patient too. You know, as you talk, Berta, about Jesus shows us how to, uh, shows me how to love my children better, there's that quality of patience. You know, James 1, 4 says, patience perfects all things. And when you talk about love, patience perfects love. Because we just want it on a platter right away. This is what I want to see in my kid right now, right here, right now. This is what I want to see in that kid right here, right now. But in God's infinite wisdom, things might take longer because he knows that whatever your son or daughter is going through, it's what's best for him or her. 
And it's hard to see that as a parent. And I'm sure we are here talking this evening about teenagers because there is a, you use the word unique, there is a uniqueness to raising teenagers in today's culture. I mean, it is unique to itself. I mean, it's different than 2004, 1994. It's very different. And so there is a certain letting go. I remember my mom, we were teenagers, or I was probably 18, but I remember the day she told me when she stopped worrying about us because she just worried nonstop. But she said the day um, she gave us to God is the day she stopped worrying. Mm. So I try to do that with our kids, putting them in his trust. Mm -hmm. Putting our children in the Lord's hands is probably the most difficult thing to do. And yet it's the first thing that he calls us to do. And Berta, is that not one of the greatest gifts that God gives us in being a parent? How we share in the fatherhood of God when we let go of our children. The other night, um, my kids were staying the night at your house, and of course they're watching uh, Frozen, and of course they're singing the song, Let It Go. And for all the things that have been said about this, that particular song and, and that movie, those three words are very important words to the Christian faith. You know, let it go and let them go. When I was, when you asked me to come on the show, three words came to my mind right away, raising teenagers and witnessing the faith. One is courage to not be afraid to share what I know so far, still learning and faith, having faith that we're doing the right thing and faith in them that they know what's right and wrong and, and then letting go. Yeah. I mean, to some degree, uh, maybe it's a lifelong journey. Maybe, you know, I was going to say, when you said your mom let you go, I, I was say she is far, far ahead of me because that is a difficult thing to do. And, and I know I've spoken to many parents who still certainly holding on. I was in a conversation with a a mother this morning who whose kids are much older and she's just she hasn't been able to, to let them go the way we are talking about it and so it is important and it really it really highlights what's behind that gospel passage ultimately it's about god revealing to you how you were called to be wife uh, mother and ultimately how you were called to steer your children to god and uh it's important to you know berta to be able to Give yourself permission, if you will, to say, okay, this is going to be hard. It isn't easy for anyone. It shouldn't be easy. But that, that's part of the nature of love. I mean, the, the nature of love is to be bound, as we are bound by our children. And so the letting go then in turn is going to be a difficult thing. All are very important as we reflect into the importance of raising children as teenagers, because um, that's part of it, especially when they're 17 18, they're going on to college. I know that you have a daughter who was with me a couple months ago who's, who's going to be going to a Catholic university in Ohio, far, far away, and that's going to obviously be a very difficult thing. But of course, what a better place to leave your child than Franciscan University. Exactly. Um, but it's always done in light of faith. It's always done in light of faith. So as we're talking about this call to witness to our faith, and of course, you're on here to talk about your call to motherhood. It's about you know, Berta, the ways in which God is calling you to witness to your faith, to your children, so important. Yes, and you know, you don't always know if you're getting it right as a parent. You're always questioning that. But then you have someone, 
you know, come up to you, a, a friend, and just say, what a beautiful young lady you have in your daughter, just so respectful, so loving, so good with kids, or what a great son you have, just he's so good with the elderly, he um, is so respectful in the way he talks, and, and when you hear things like that about your kids from other people, because you don't get that at home, what you get at home is their comfort level, which is a little less uh, maybe respectful at times, um, but they come home and that's the only place they feel safe where they can just let their hair down, let all the grumps out, that's what we get as parents. Mm -hmm. But when we hear people outside of our family say things about our kids, for me, in my heart, it tells me, all right, Chris and I have done something right. Mm -hmm. Sure, Berta. And that's so important. You know, our oldest is eight. We have a seven-year-old daughter. And I remember uh, <laughs> the same day that she won uh, the Joy Award, right? So spreading the joy of Jesus Christ wherever she goes. She, you know, they have the Joy Award at Notre Dame School was probably her worst day at home. And, and I got to thinking like, okay, where's this whole joy award? You know, where, where did that go? But really it, it's what lies at the heart of, of what you're saying. And, you know, it also speaks to something else, Berta, that we can probably stand to talk about. And I just think it's so important is, is how our children at a very young age, but certainly also at uh, the age of a teenager, absorb everything that we say and everything that we do. And how when we talk about putting Jesus Christ first, the impact that that has when we start thinking about all that we do, all that we say and don't say, because they say 90% of communication is what, what we don't say, right? And how that's received, absorbed, you know, it just goes a long way. And that's why Jesus says what he says and why we need to think critically about that. Because in the end, when your child leaves that home, often what you've taught them has very little to do with what you said, but how you love one another. I love it in our own family, you know. Um, I'll give Jackie, my wife, a hug. And my oldest daughter, Avila, says, family hug, family hug. She wants to come over, right? I know down deep that when I embrace my wife and I give her a hug, speaks a thousand words to my kids and of course my oldest daughter and how that in turn impacts the way she views the world because love is present absolutely and sometimes you really don't even know that and until no. they are teenagers and they can have the words to speak it out to you mm -hmm. that's what's so precious about being a mom of teenagers just being able to communicate with them and they know exactly what you're saying and, and they can articulate back exactly what they're feeling, sometimes a little too much, um, but that's okay. Um, you know, from zero to 10 years of age, uh, you're their world. You know, everything you do, all they need is you. And, and nothing, there's not a whole lot of difference you know you they're walking and talking and these things but they happen all together in your home as a family from 10 to 20 huge change yeah and i remember thinking about that when our oldest turned 10 it it really hit home to me that from the next 10 years it's going to be a big change in our household mm. good and bad mm -hmm. but just 
that goes along with the letting go that they're going to be making this life their own, this world, our faith. And it has been a big, a big difference and just trying to cherish every moment. Mm-hmm. You know, Berta, maybe you can speak to this a little bit. You know, you have great relationships with all four of your kids for sure. You know, being a close friend of yours, um, they feel comfortable in coming to you as their mother. Uh, you talked about the importance of, of communication. Is there something maybe that you could speak to as it relates to what you've done that has opened up that door? Because I know that for some of our listeners, you know, they don't have that relationship for one reason or another. And I wouldn't presume to judge why or, or why not. But what is it for you in, in your relationship with your kids that have allowed them to open themselves up to you? I mean, I know in the beginning, in the opening, you talked about some important pieces. Is it that or is there is there something else, would you say? Well, I think I have always tried to always talk to them about everything. Mm. It, being afraid is a big part of that because there's a lot of huge topics that sure. I think and every parent's afraid to talk to your kids about because either one, you don't want them to hear it for the first time, or two, you don't want to find out that they already know about it. I think I've always tried really hard to let them know that they can tell me whatever they need to tell me and I won't get mad. There's no fear there. I, that's what I try. Mm-hmm. There's no fear there. But also, too, I have to pick the moments when they're ready and you can tell when your child wants to talk Mm -hmm. especially as a teenager and if they open that door just a little bit you can't let those moments pass Mm -hmm. because that's when a lot of learning both ways happens sure yeah courage as you've already mentioned it and 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 appreciate uh, timing and i think a lot of mothers are nodding their heads out there berta yeah timing is everything and does, does this not go back to the importance of bring, being present to your children? I mean, you had talked about an opening, Berta, about, you know, in those early years, cherish them. Um, but even through the teenage years, certainly you'd agree, cherish them. And part of that cherishing is just being um, physically present to them. You know, where are you at in, in your journey of faith? Yes, but life. What are you studying? What are your interests? What are your likes? What do you want to do today? I was thinking of going over here or over there. Why don't you come join me? Just opening yourself totally entirely to them. So yeah, yeah, those lines of communication are open and just being present to them. Um, So often today, um, we are physically next to one another, but we are miles apart in mind and heart Mm -hmm. from them. So being mind and heart present to our children I mean, in that way, cherishing them, looking at them and saying, okay, he or she is going through something. I need to be present to this and be ready to engage that. I think you put it well. I think all parents do know the language of their children, that unspoken language I was talking about earlier. Yeah, now it's time to engage us and to talk to my child about this this topic. Um, that's, That's so important. And, you know, Berta, I think it's of great value, this talking to our children about everything and that they feel free um, to talk to you about that. So important because so often today we have our children's doors and, and what do they say? Do not come in. You know? and, yeah. and this has kind of become a motto for so many teenagers. Do not come in. They're saying that on the doors of their bedrooms, but they are also saying with that, do not come into the doors of our hearts They've closed themselves 
out from the world and how important is it in light of everything that we've talked about, Berta, to have those open lines of communication with our children? Yeah, we're, I think we're pretty blessed that way. Um, but I, I am a very big believer in family time. Mm-hmm. Um, I always want them around me. Even if they're doing their homework, I'm constantly telling them, come on, just do it right here in the living room. We can all be together. Um, you don't need to be up in your rooms. In this day and age, it's really hard with the TV, their phones, uh, the computers, to gather everyone together and um, have family time and just sit and read or talk or not talk. And our kids are not very talkative. Um, anybody who knows them would attest to that probably. Our oldest you know, probably didn't say anything to any parent till he was maybe like 14 or 15. They laugh about <laughs> it now, especially his baseball family. Um, but just having them around together in one room, all of us, certainly allows them to be open, to open up to us also. And doing that, and my husband is so good about this, is having us pray every night, whether it's five minutes, you know, 10 minutes, half an hour, usually it's five, trying to get them all together at the same time to pray. And usually it's about 10 o'clock at night when everyone's finally wound down from the day. Mm-hmm. But even though maybe times they look like they're not listening or paying attention, it's getting through. Yeah, and they always are. They always are. Yeah. yeah. There's no finer point to end on, Berta. I mean, the importance of family prayer whether our kids are newborn to 10, 11 to 20, 21, whenever, wherever, prayer uh, is quintessential to uh, any family. I know it's cliche to say, but the family that prays together stays together. A family that prays from the heart and lives out that prayer in the way in which they live is the family that stays together for sure. Well, Berta, thank you so much for joining me. It was great to have you here this evening. And I know that your kids are going to be so proud of you because you did a great job. And and they're going to be touched by the things you said, I'm sure. And just by way of a closing thought to our listening audience, Roberta, I just want to really encourage all mothers out there, uh, as I think we did a little bit last week, to really uh, embrace your motherhood in light of your faith. And if you are struggling with your motherhood, if you are struggling with what it means uh, to be a mother in light of your relationship with Jesus Christ, to just take that to Jesus and allow him uh, to shape and form you so that you might be that mother that God is calling you to be. Um, And if you're doing the mother thing well, to continue to do it well and uh, embrace That great Thomas Aquinas line, the more I come to know, the more I realize how little I know. Because as a mother, there's always room to grow, as Berta, you have attested to here uh, this evening. So with that, let us close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen and God bless you.
Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.